Now, the National Party's been really quick to push for tax cuts as a result of better-than-expected government books today. We're sitting on a $9.7 billion deficit in the last year, double last year's budget, but much lower than the budget forecast. And Infometrics principal economist Brad Olson's with us now. Hi, Brad. Good evening. Let's just deal. Oh, by the way, can I ask, are you in Balclutha at the moment? I am. I've been trying to get through some of the snow flurries this afternoon, but it's wonderful to uh, be able to be back in the South Island and have a look around at the, how the economy's going. Yeah. Uh, did you pack your thermals? Is it cold enough? Uh, it, it, it is certainly cold enough. I probably should have packed a little bit more than the blazer. I've, I've got one puffer jacket, which is doing me well so far. Jeez, honestly, Brad, typical boy. Okay, so tell me, um, what do you make of this? Grant Robertson's crowing about the books. He reckons this is a good news story. What do you think? Well, the numbers are in good shape, in, in a sense, but I think we've got to remember that you know we have just been through an enormous hit from COVID-19, so they're good for a pandemic. But importantly, we have spent a lot of money over the last few years uh, that we've taken from future years. That leaves us with more limited options going ahead. So I think we've got to... Uh, you know, book the win that we got today with a better position than most other advanced economies around the world. And that's not to say that the books are looking good. They're just looking a lot better than they could have been than the bloodbath that, that we were possibly expecting. Yeah, exactly. So, so is there a case to be made that we can actually have tax cuts? Well, I think there's a conversation around how best to do that and, and, and where that support might be best needed. Because the, the big one for me is you look at where and the reason why the government accounts looking in such a better position. Part of it, and a, a fairly small part of it, to be fair, is that the government didn't spend quite as much on the COVID response through Delta and Omicron. Some of that money, though, that was earmarked for this year will go into uh, the next financial year and the, some of the therapeutics and some of the government's buying. The bigger one, though, is that a lot more people were uh, earning higher wages just to try and cope with uh, high levels of inflation and losing more of that money when it goes to uh, income tax. So you saw mm. the government adding another, I think, four-plus billion dollars uh, from that revenue stream in, in the last year alone. So um, there has been quite an increase in that money, and there's a question, particularly given the high cost of living, about how that goes, uh, how that might be distributed back to households. Now, I think you know there's a fair political divide on where this money goes. Realistically, those who need it the most at the moment do seem to be your middle and low income Kiwis, and, and that would, in my mind, be the best place to try and target it. Given what's happened in the UK, that makes it so much harder to justify, but just because it's freaked people out, right? And it's made it it's made it very hard to argue for the case for tax for tax cuts, don't you think? I think it has made it more difficult, but I think as well the way that the UK went about their tax cuts was very much trying to cut tax for the purpose of trying to stimulate economic growth. No one in New Zealand has necessarily said, you know what, we need to cut taxes to try and stimulate growth. It's more to go that we need to think about cutting taxes to enable people to have a bit more cash in their back pockets to actually you know, be able to go through what is an intensely high cost of living era. So I do think the framing is important, but again, mm. we don't have you know, huge, huge amounts of spare cash to play around with here. Um, expectations from people around New Zealand is for the government to be doing a lot of work, but also for the government to sort of get out of their back pocket as much as possible. I don't think we've got the balance quite right where it is, but I do think we've got to have a pretty sharp conversation about where do we put a fairly limited 
limited pot of money if we are willing to reallocate it. Um, to be fair, given that inflation continues to increase over time, even when it doesn't increase at 32-year highs, uh, the fact that we don't change tax brackets over time is wrong, and I think we should have been indexing for a long time. That would go part of the way, but we've also got to consider how do we get that support right to the, those who need it the most, that are those on low and middle incomes. Uh, that's where the support is needed, and that's where I think that the balance will be for politicians coming into an election year of where they might want to put their cash. Good on you, Brad. It's good to talk to you. Thank you so much, mate. This Brad Olson. Stay warm. Brad Olson, a principal economist for Infometrics. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.